Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness! It's a counter attack. It's Didier Drogba, and now it's in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it, stretch it, mix it on when you do. Stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. And Didier Drogba has Drogba in the centre. McCoy just came from the back and was pulled back. Hello, welcome to Jersey Hour. My name is Meads. I'll be your host for this one. Um, got well, two very special guests in the building. We've got the return of the infamous unknown tweeds. How you saying? What are you saying, bro? You right? Yeah, really good, man. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Oh, it's been a busy, busy couple of weeks and a busy week for us, especially Chelsea. Um, Timson, how you doing, bro? Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. Sorry about the fireworks in the background, if you can hear that. Nah, it's cool. Nothing's coming through, nothing's coming through. But um, there's been fireworks at Chelsea over the last couple of weeks, you know. Clean sheets, scoring back loads of goals. 
Um, we've got two games I guess we're going to cover. Um, first, we'll go through the what happened in the Burnley game with a comfortable victory there. And then afterwards, we'll, we'll touch on Rennes. And just generally, there's feel-good factor around Chelsea at the minute. Um, Joe, I kind of want to get your thoughts on, I guess, what's been happening over the last couple of weeks, because you've not been, been on for a minute. Um, I just want to kind of get your, your overall view on how we're shaping up um, and then we'll kind of go on to the game a little bit later on. Yeah, I think beginning part of the season, I was probably like a few people a little bit wary with kind of what was happening. Um, you know, I think there was a little bit of a continuation from last season and that we, we can attack and score goals, but we couldn't really defend and that big disconnect between the attack and defence and, and how that all flows together. You know, I was getting through a little bit concerned that those things were repeating themselves, particularly, you know, scoring three goals against Southampton, scoring three goals against West Brom. You know, you would anticipate that would be enough to sort of win your games. And I think, again, you know, th- those additional four points probably put us top of the league as well. So those are the things were a little bit worrying. But I would have to say probably the last couple of, of games, sort of maybe the, using the, the two-nil draw to kind of steady the ship, get the structure right, and then sort of building on top of that with the, with the Burnley and the and the REM results. I think that the, the kind of football factors justified at the moment. I think the last couple of games... Particularly, I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, but Lampard's little smug face towards the end of the, uh, the, end of the game did, did bring me a lot of joy. Um, but I think now, now that he, he's got kind of the, the full complement of players, I think probably Ziyech is particularly one of the guys who helps bring a bit of balance to the team. Uh, Mason Mount was back in his sort of rightful position and starting to shine as a, as a midfielder, like we've all suggested for, for a long period of time. Um, but now that Lampard's doing, making the simple, I think, personnel decisions, Actually, starting to see a bit of a bit of good football being played. Burnley game completely put them off the park. Um, Rens, you know, different, different team kind of structure. Certainly, second half after the five subs, etc. Things kind of calmed down a bit, and then, yeah, it wasn't as fantastic. But three new win in Europe, pretty comfortable. We were in first, second gear. Um, and I think probably the, the the most interesting thing for me, is certainly looking at the the guys that we've signed, all six of them look absolutely fantastic. And I can't think the last time we've had a transfer window where I literally felt like we've made some half of an E team and it was going to take some time. I didn't expect them to all be so good so soon. So, yeah, I think I'm starting to feel a lot more confident in, in the direction of the team. Um, I think Lampard is, is losing that little tendency to try and overcomplicate things. Sort of trying to be a little bit overcomplicated, trying to overthink things. Now that he's sort of putting people in the right positions, he's got the right balance. Um, it's it's starting to look a little bit interesting for us this season, and I think we've all kind of said, you know, Liverpool look like they've kind of dropped a, a level since since last season. City a little bit up and down, you know. Looking at the Premier League, if we go on a run of a, a run of results, you know, who knows where we could be come January. It's been an, it's been an interesting one. I'll get Tim's yeah. thoughts later when he jumps back on, but um, it's been a proper interesting one. I feel like. Earlier in the season, we were seeing too many things that made us think, has Lampard really and truly learned from last season? Yeah. Um, and maybe it was a little bit of impatience from us, but also maybe he actually, at that point in time, hadn't been making the right decisions. Um, but yeah, it certainly has. I feel like the penny has kind of dropped in a number of ways for him, really and truly. Um, I feel like the most, the most important thing is consistency, and I feel like his consistency in selection has definitely helped in particular at the back. Now, oh, yeah. you could chop and change the one odd, the odd player in terms of your, your full-backs, but in terms of the centre-back pairing, ever since that day have become a pairing in terms of um, Kurt Zuma and Thiago Silva, they've been superb. I'm, I, know, I mean, Zuma did have a worrying, shaky moment against um, Burn, Burnley, 
that aside, he's been superb. He's been absolutely superb. So it's just one of those ones where I feel like Lampard has, has recognised, and maybe to his credit, and maybe to be fair to him, last season, there weren't really and truly too many stand-up performers in the defence. So I can understand why he kept chopping and changing. But ultimately, I feel like a lot of the, the, the problems that stemmed um, that came about last season was the fact that our defence weren't comfortable and confident in the goalkeeper. And as a result, their performances dropped. And obviously Lampard could only really and truly pick between Caballero and Kepa. And he was only going to pick yeah. Kepa. Even despite the fact I think Caballero is a better keeper than Kepa. I think that he, just for his own sake, he wasn't going to, um, you know, pick Caballero. I think just for the optics as well. So it's just for me... That element, it, there's a degree of confidence now. Uh, uh, we've got a great goalkeeper, and we'll touch on Mendy and his story a little bit later on. Um, well, um, yeah, it's been it's been um, it's been an interesting one. I thought it's the the evolution of our team, going from a completely open side to a team that is now pretty resolute defensively, is um, yeah, it's um, it's been it's been a nice uh, little transition for us, um, Timson. Kind of want to get your thoughts on, I guess, the overall feel of the club, and then we'll get we'll touch on, um, we'll speak about the Burnley game. Uh, but yeah, what what are your thoughts? Um, now we've we've gone through a couple of games now, um, to really gauge how you feel about the season and how do you think we're gonna go this season. Oh, to be honest, at the start of the season, I think um, it wasn't great because he'd spent a lot of money and we still weren't sure on the kind of philosophy that he had in mind. We'd heard rumours, we'd had kind of had inclinations that this is what he wants to play, but he's missing players, um, aka a holding midfielder in particular, to kind of bring everything all together. Um, now it seems like the defence has kind of picked up and it's been a boost before the clean sheet run kind of started there was a lot of criticism and skepticism in the sense that he spent all this money but he still needs some rights to beat West Bromwich Albion and the like so um, now it's picked up a lot uh, because of the clean sheets and particularly um, Mendy coming in and kind of um, stopping that rut of goals that Lampard was being criticised for um, even as far back as last season. So I think it's really positive, not as positive as um, when he first joined and he kind of linked up the academy and the youth set up to the first team. But um, we're, we're, we're very positive at the moment. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, but no, I completely agree. I feel like the first inclination of him reverting to a super defensive block um, was, I think it was against Manchester United, where we set out super... No, in fact, it was uh, Sevilla. Um, and we set out super defensive. And we were wondering, what on earth is he actually doing here? Because Sevilla are not a superb team. They're, they're a good side. You know, they've, they've got good European pedigree. But the problem with them is that I feel like with, with the players that we have and the, the attacking power that we have, we really should be going there, especially at home, and smashing them. Whereas I feel the, the Sofia match was quite drab. It was boring. It was poor. Yeah. It was no really offensive play. It just wasn't really great at all, to be honest. But I think that was like a pre uh, a precursor to what was going to proceed, and that was sorting out the defence um, to ensure that 
we have a good solid base to build upon. And it seems to have worked, to be perfectly honest. I mean, the, the performance against Manchester United, again, for me personally, I don't think they're a great side. I think that you could definitely, if you, if, if you attack them well, I think you could definitely hurt them. Um, I feel like there was a reluctance from Frank Lampard, probably mulling over the 4-0 loss that we took last season. It probably was in the back of his mind. You don't want to be too open. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like defensively, we've definitely shored up. And I, there are definite... When Lampard used to speak about our oh, individual errors and stuff, uh, he, he had some credence to that. Because when you look at the players such as Thiago Silva, Mendy, Chilwell, their performances and Reese James, their performances this season well, have been just absolutely superb. Um, so we'll talk about the Burnley game. Um, it does feel like a while ago now because uh, the games keep coming thick and fast. Um, but Joe, um, the thoughts on the Burnley game, when you first saw the starting lineup, um, how do you feel? Because um, considering we've had Tammy Abraham up front again, um, Timo Werner on the left. Um, yeah, how, how did you feel the game went? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm one of the, the few people, probably along with Dan, who, who likes us having a bit more of a physical guy up top. And I think Tammy, for me, probably did slightly better in the, in the Ren game, but against Burnley, he, he did what I needed him to do. I mean, I still want loads more from him when I see him, him sort of his, his kind of offensive play, like nice setup for the goal and stuff like that. But I think he's got so much more to, to bring to the team. I don't often see it. Um, I think the back four, for me, that that is the first choice back four. Um, I think that those three midfield are now the first choice midfield. I think with with the the balance and, and the kind of the, the pairing that, that Mount and Kante have, I think that is going to be one of the interesting things to see how that progresses over the season because, you know, Kante is sort of playing in that lone, lone kind of holding role. The legs and the, the energy that Mason has when, you know, compared to Kobe Kitch or Jorginho, Kante doesn't have to be superhuman. He just has to be World Cup winning Kante doesn't have to be side of the sideline, box to box, you know, like literally every single point of a graph, that's Kante when he plays for the other two. Mount does a lot of the running. Um, and I think his defensive side of his game, not, not just the pressing, but some, some, of the, some of the tackles he made, he made a really, really good challenge on, on the touchline. Um, but the, I think the, the interesting thing is, is that Kai Havertz actually is, is very good defensively. And I think people will start seeing that. There was a clip, I think, actually where... where um, Mount actually tackled the guy, Kante was sort of blocking a passing lane. But if you look in the distance, whereas maybe some other people wouldn't track the runner, Abbott's his goal side, he's running, he's keeping with the runner. Um, so he's not slacking on those defensive duties, all this sort of, you know, lazy narrative, luxury player, etc. This is the guy who just strolls around midfield and completely pulls the strings. Do you, do you know what it is? I feel like because Havertz's style of play is quite, just in terms of body language, his language style is almost... Yeah quite reminiscent of Mesut Ozil, right? Yeah. And you automatically, your mind goes straight to Mesut and you think, oh, he's this type of player. He's luxury. He's not going to yeah. shift. But from the first game, you saw how hard he worked and you saw that when it comes to tracking back, getting into position, filling in gaps, he puts his foot in and he, he's yeah. about it. So physically, I don't really worry about him in this league. Right. I think that he definitely puts himself about and he's still only 21, so he's only going to grow. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So I... Uh, the balance of that Mason Mount and um, Kai Havertz midfield with Kante in behind, it reminded me of even, uh, I want to say the, the Barkley and Mount midfield, basically, last season, yeah. where Billy Gilmore was behind them. It just made so much more sense. You've got more passing mm. options, more passing lanes. 
again, you've got more of a balance because you've got three men in there instead of two and you don't get overwhelmed because both of those players in front like to work. And we know we argue about um, Ross Barkley and his work ethic before he went out on loan, but there's one thing you can't deny about Mason Mann and Kai Havertz is their work ethic and yeah. their, their willingness to track back and their willingness to, to defend. Um, Tim, quickly, so in terms of um, transformative effects, right? So for me, whenever I talk about a, a high-quality player um, coming into a team and having transformative effects, um, not many people can say that about a lot of their signings, but would you say that Hakim Ziyech is one of those signings? 100%. I think the way he's come in and just knitted the attack that had a lot of good uh, individual pieces into now like an, a, a really strong trident and even more so when you add in the likes of Werner and uh, the likes of Havert and Mount, and Mount with that in that 4-3-3 system, um, I just think he brings it all together with his assist, his creativity, that overall X factor he's ready to deliver now. I agree. I agree. I look, I look at, I remember at the top of the season, we asked each of us, actually, we asked everyone who's going to be the best signing or who's going to be their favourite signing. Now, Hakim Ziyech was on a lot of everyone, on everyone's lips, really. Um, but the reason why I championed him as the signing, as the guy, is because everyone would expect Kai Havertz to be the one, right? And I think eventually he will grow into that role. I think he'll grow into being our talisman. But when you have a player like Hakim Ziyech who has unwavering faith in his own ability and he takes responsibility, not just in the offensive phase, but in the defensive phase as well, he is that player that, Really and truly, if things get tough, I will look to him because I know that he's going to try something. He's the type of player that, again, he will frustrate because he's going to try a lot of stuff. He's going to try things because you have to allow them to, you have to allow players of his ilk that freedom to do what they need to do to play mm. because he is so special. There's certain things that you just don't even, don't really realize his ability to just receive the ball and pass it with clean precision and going to the right, like going exactly to where he wants it. I remember there was a pass, um, it was against um, Krasnodar um, away, and there was just that pick out to, to Kai Havertz, yeah. where he headed it. Um, it was just a pick out, back stick, and um, Havertz heads, heads it wide. But just that quality, that, that high level of passing ability is something that we've not seen for a very, very long time. A very, very long time. Just to start comparison to, to uh, a William, who William is a decent player on his day. He could be a very good player on his day. But the high level of technical execution and consistency in which Ziyech tries it and does it is incredible. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on Hakim Ziyech? And do you feel like he really is the standout um, of all of our signings or are there a couple of other guys you, you want to mention? I think, I think Ziyech, for me... When we bought him, I think he, he's the finished article. Like Havertz and other players, I think particularly like Premier League, they'll come in, they've got time to develop, etc. I think it's the age of bringing because I think he's he was ready to go for a, go play for a top team. Um, and I think he's, he's largely and relatively the finished article. And there's, there's two things when I watch him that completely completely stand out for me. And the first one is I think his, his ability to continuously position himself to affect the game. Because he doesn't just stand on the right wing the Burnley game. I mean, I don't know what his heat map was looking like. He was on the left. He was in the number 10. He was picking the ball up off Thiago Silva. Um, and I was always concerned that with him and Havertz, both being left footers, both playing in that sort of right central midfield area, like in the there, that they were getting each other's way. But they're so smart. 
that, that just doesn't happen at all. Like, it's, it's so, he's so aware of what's around him. Um, plus the relationship he's developing with Reese James. Now that is, I mean, you know, we can talk, we'll talk about the goal uh, that Reese set up at the, uh, yesterday, I suppose. Um, but it's like the, the weight of the pass. And I know people just look at it, it's like he literally rolled the ball ahead of him. But that, that is like, that is a sign of a world-class player. The mm-hmm. touch, weight of the pass. Reese doesn't have to take a touch, runs on, hits it in first time. But you can see that the, the connection that Havertz, Reese James, and Ziyech have on that side of the pitch, Mason when he floats into those areas. Yeah. I mean, it's the first game I've seen in a long time where I actually really enjoyed watching us play. Yeah. Like, I mean, really just sat there and not analysing it, not being like critical, just sitting there thinking, we're absolutely passing them off the pitch here. Yeah. Little triangles, little one, one-touch football, switches of play. And I think Ziyech, with his intelligence, with his ability to pass, as you say, and I think the, the thing that I like about him and I actually a lot of the players that we've signed, they don't always take the easy option. Mm. They like, they want to try that pass. They want to try to be aggressive with the ball. They want to try and affect the game. And I think that's the difference between like good players who are just good, they can keep possession, all that sort of stuff. And really top players who really want to impact the game. Not force it, but they pick their right moments. And that's what I think when I talk about sort of picking the right moments, that's what I see when I see habits. I see a player who, for me, his decision-making for a 21-year-old kid coming into the Premier League is amazing. He does the simple things when he has to. He does his little one, like little touches around people. Like his first touch is immaculate, but then he does his little injections of pace. Dribble beat, beats two, three players, carries the ball through midfield, aggressive passes. His decision making, Havertz, um, with with ZH, them two, I think they, they're going to be the critical ones. And then with the other guy on the other wing, Werner, just does nothing but score goals and set goals up. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to confuse Werner with the most talented player we're ever going to see at Chelsea. But we're talking about pure goal scoring and like influence and play in the penalty area. Burnley is about as good as it gets. You know, dribbling, cutting inside, loves getting penalties. You know, we know we know what he's going to do, cut inside, slap a shot off. It's nice to have someone who's, who's, who's kind of not greedy, but knows that, that that's, that is their game. Um, so those three, I think, have been really impressive. And then I have to talk about Silver for a little bit because it's just like, I mean, you're probably similar to me. Remember Marcel Desai come to Chelsea, late 90s. You know, the stature of the player, the commanding presence. Silver of 36, man, he looks like he's 25. I mean, I, you know, the, the geezer needs to drop a skincare routine, first of all. But I mean, you know, he is by far, by far the most impressive <laughs> free signing I've seen in absolute ages. Arms down the whole back four. Yeah. And I think the, the thing, the thing, one thing just, just to finish up on Silver, I remember as a kid when I started watching, going to games, watching Chelsea and watching Rude Hurlick play, the time that he used to just have on the ball. I don't know why, it's just something that some players have. And Silva seems to, in the Premier League, you have to generate that five, six seconds that he needs to get the pass off. Um, long-range passing, he's surprisingly good in the air, he's surprisingly physical for like these guys meant to be a culture Brazilian centre-back. But, I mean, yeah, you know, you can wax lyrical about them all day, but I think it, it's, it's just amazing. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Amazing to have a transfer window where you lack all of the players and they're all performing. It's crazy. I look at... Um... Even Chilwell. <laughs> oh, bro, I was going to say, so Chilwell is um, <laughs> very impressive. I feel like 
I think he opened up about his struggles last season, um, just yeah. on the mental side of things. I think that's from that's when we all started paying attention to him because I think we've all caught him at sort of a bad yeah. point. We caught, we caught him at the worst time because I remember yeah. when we linked with him, I was just like, nah, because Pete Dive. He, he was linked. So he when he was linked, um, what happened was everyone was talking about, oh yeah, no, chill was great, he's great, he's great. I'm like, okay, fine. Let me do my individual watching. So I watched watching games. I saw how badly he was struggling. Yeah. And people say, oh, no, it's probably because he wants to leave, etc. But it was a consistent theme throughout the season. Whenever I watched Leicester, he just looked terrible. To the point that Leicester fans were saying, just get rid. Just send him. Just send him. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, it was a bit of a weird one for me. I, 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 but that being said, I wasn't really expecting much when we signed him. And at the end of the day, I always said to myself, well, even if we got um, Chilwell, it's Lampard's guy. At least he's going to be consistent. At least he's going to consistently yeah. play. So I can't complain too much. Let's just see how he does. And the moment he joined, I said, look, despite the fact I wasn't pleased at the fee or whatever, or how much it's costing, Lampard's got his guy. Let's back it. And let's just see how he does. And give him a fair shot. And he's been amazing. He's been yeah, he amazing. I feel like against Burnley, he wasn't the greatest because I think his crosses just kept getting caught in the wind. Um, but defensively, again, sound, uh, sound, solid. I, I don't, I don't know of any fullback. And Joe, I think you mentioned this a couple of times, like when we were linked with him. I've not met, I've not seen a fullback that wins so many balls in a year like he yeah. And as much as I used to think, oh, that's not that important. It actually is. It actually is because strikers often tend to pull out wide to win their knockdowns from yeah. their goalkeeper's goal kicks. Chua doesn't allow that. He doesn't actually allow that. And when you have that, it stops teams from putting pressure onto your um, your defence straight away. And he alleviates that. And I think that a lot of people, don't, we, we need to start, I, will, I personally, I'm giving him a lot of credit for improving us and enhancing us a lot. Because the moment we, for example, take him off and put on a, an Emerson, it just doesn't look the same. You don't get yeah. that same level of assurance and this defensive mouse and quality, really. And I thought, yeah, every one of our signings has been impressive and imperious, and they've added a whole new level to what we had before. Um, Dan, thank you for joining us. What's um, just a quick one on, um, I guess, the, the Burnley game, because um, we've not really touched on it in depth, but how did you feel, um, I guess, when you saw the lineup? Um, you know, Tammy was up front, um, Hakim Ziyech got his first start, um, and Timo Werner was on the left, um, and mm-hmm. Havertz Mountain midfield with Kante, DM, and obviously, you know, the usual back five. Um, how, yeah. how did you feel? How did you feel when you saw it? And how do you feel that we performed? Because for me personally, I thought that was our best performance of the season. So we're going back to the Burnley game, right? Mm-hmm. Champions League, and we dialed back. So that was the first time we kind of saw that formation. Oh yeah, so in the in the warm up, Pulisic gets injured, right? Yeah. Werner's supposed to have a rest. He comes on. There's certain things that become almost like the fan base agrees on. And at this point, I think the fan base was sick of that idea of Werner on the left. And obviously, the only reason why he came and played that position is because Pulisic got injured. So I think a lot of people are more accepting of the fact that okay, he's just doing it. Now, obviously, Hudson Odoi could have come in. That might have pissed a couple of people off. But for me, I've always said traditionally. If I can, I want two shooters up front. I want two people who can score goals up front and a playmaker. If you can get that, then I feel like we've got... That's, a, that's the makings of a good attack. So if I dial back to... I'm a, like my Italian team's Milan when they had Shevchenko and I have a Crespo Vieri and Kaka behind 
or you had Barcelona with Ronaldinho and then Eto and Messi and like usually I think if you have two shooters and a playmaker that's just a good attack and so like I'm not saying Werner is amazing on the left but at least he's a shooter on the left you've got Tammy who can shoot too and then Ziyech a playmaker now what I liked about that lineup is number one that front three but then also I just like the fact that it was... Did it, did it start off as a 4 3, three? I can't remember. Did it start off as a 4 3, three? Yeah. Well, It was 4 yeah. 3 throughout the game. Throughout the yeah, game. so we've been calling for this, and I know it's not just us. I think a lot of us have been calling for the 4 3, three um, because, for me, that's my favourite formation anyway. I feel like it's more defensive and more attacking than the 4 2 three, one. I think the reason why it is is because it's so dynamic that it can switch into defensive formation, it can switch to attacking formation. So when you want to be defensive, those two box-to-box midfielders can hang back. When you be, want to be attacking, those two box-to-box midfielders can support the attack. And so you can have more numbers in the attack and more numbers in the defence. When you play a pivot, it's all, it's like, like we've seen, it's less dynamic. So I was happy about that. Um, so, yeah, I was intrigued by that. Like, at this point, Clean Sheet FC was still kind of going on. So, but it, was, it wasn't as deep into it as we are now. So I was like, okay, cool. Can I believe in this defence or should I kind of hold back? So, yeah. Overall, I was happy with the formation um, and I was happy with the lineup. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, obviously, we, we, we asked Joe and Tim before he had to depart um, about Hakim Ziyech and the transformative nature of him. Um, I guess we could touch on um, his performance. Um, yeah, I guess Burnley, I think we've touched on it enough in terms of how he's impacted us and our attack. But again, for me, I think he performed pretty well yesterday. Um, well, yeah, was it yesterday? It was yesterday, yeah. Performed last night um, against um, Rennes. So, again, we stuck, well, I think we stuck to the same team, <clears throat> apart from Jorginho, because Kai Havertz, unfortunately, was struck down with coronavirus, and he won't mm-hmm. be available for the next two um, weeks. Um, I, I think we were lucky enough. He only misses one Premier League game, and then it's international duty. Um but yeah, um, Hakim Ziyech, Dan. Well, he's the one, isn't he? Overrated. <laughs> he's the one. He's the one. I'm going to pour water on it just because I know like people get excited. And look, there's no reason why you can't get excited. Yeah. I like his attitude, his cockiness on the pitch, his, his shoulders. I like his shoulders. Because the way he <laughs> You know, we saw it against, remember when he scored against right, us in the Champions right. League? And it, yeah, and he just shrugged. Yeah. That's the attitude that we like. And I think, here's the thing. So, Thiago Silva, I, I play defence and I play defence midfield. Mm. And I kind of like to see the whole game. And organising the defence, one thing I think now we're looking at, I think what we lacked is just that person in defence to tell people, listen, go there, go yep. there. Someone that... Has, and I think with Ziyech, we've got that leader in attack yep. in terms of just organising the attack. I love his audacity. I love the fact that he's always trying things because, listen, we've been under Sari when it was patient. And even last season, we've been on this plot complaining about creativity, mm. how we create chances, et cetera, et cetera. When you have someone that's always looking to try stuff, it's like when we had Cesc before. Mm. Someone that's always looking to try stuff. That's, all, that's what he's built to do. He's built to do that. That's yeah. like, there's nothing else. Don't distract him from his mission. You know that Terminator? Once he's told, this is your target, that's what I'm going to do. It's yeah. the same as Ziyech. And yeah, so, yeah. And, and what I loved about it as well, and I don't know if this is on purpose, because I just mentioned before, 
um, the Milan formation where you had Shevchenko and you had Crespo. And then behind them, you had Kaka. The beautiful thing about Ziyech is that he doesn't stay out wide. And so he can actually come in behind the two kind of strikers. I know it wasn't supposed to be like that. But when you have that opportunity, what, what it means is that he can pass to either and they can get shots off. So I like the fact that he can kind of come in and it almost is a, is a diamond. And so like that formation is so flexible with those personnel and it, it kicks in. And obviously, like talking about the midfielders too, I know you asked me about ZH, but because we ca- like Havertz is a hard worker, I think that a lot of people before were saying, can you play central midfield? I think that's deaded now. Mm. But I think because we kind of had hard workers as a box to box as well, it's so many, when you play football and you have people that are willing to make runs and willing to get back, it creates so many options. And, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful for a player like Ziyech. I agree. And I feel like the thing is with Kai Havertz and Ziyech, I remember there was, um, I don't remember who said it. I think it might have been Pels that was talking about, oh, you've got, you've got Ziyech. Right? Getting Havertz, I think it's a bit overkill. I think that's what he said to me. Oh. Um, but the best <laughs> thing about those two is their ability to alternate, their ability to move. They're so flexible and so intelligent. And I always say ballers like playing with ballers, right? Yeah. And those two, literally, they have an understanding and the chemistry, but also when you add in a, an overlapping and Rampage and Reese James, who we're going to touch on a li- in a little while, um, it's just a, a beautifully balanced right-hand side. I, I, I'm so happy that we actually managed to upgrade that side because look at it. Just look at it now. What we've gone from to the Azpilicueta, um, and then we've yeah. got a, 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 a villain uh, ahead of him. It's just... Uh, Did you call him a villain? A villain? Because yeah, he's a villain. He's a villain. <laughs> fucking, yeah, man. He's a hero now. He's the, amount time, the amount of times that, used to, that, that villain used to stop our attacks? No. I know. The amount of times that you, you was writing in capital letters in the WhatsApp group because of something oh, that villain done. Kill me, mate. He used to kill me. But, um, yeah, so the upgrade in our, on our right-hand side has been actually stupendous. So... Uh, long may it continue. Of course, we're going to be without um, uh, Kai Havertz for the next game or so. But I like it. I think we'll be okay. I think he'll be okay, to be perfectly honest. I was gonna say- it gives us a chance to see other things, really. Yeah, I, so- I like it. I think with ZH, the fact that we did, like, we've just talked about how influential he is. And he has been part of this team that's winning now. Mm-hmm. But we cannot rely on any one player. Right. And so it's good, like, in terms of figuring out how do we make it up, how do we work it to make it work if ZH is out? How do we work it to make it work if Havertz is out? Mm-hmm. Werner's a big one, too. Because Werner, like, he's winning us penalties. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Again, yeah. about goal scoring. Bro, listen, when it comes to penalty winning, yeah, it's so important. I feel like United, yeah, like United, yeah, the reason why a lot of people hate United is because they consistently win play- penalties. But when you've got nippy, quick players, that's what happens generally. So, Averna getting us penalties every, pretty much every other game is amazing for me. And it's amazing for him. Because now he's our designated penalty taker, he's going to be stat padding. And I need that. I need that. A striker that pads, bro, listen. And he's about that life. That's the thing. He's not one of those yeah, humble ones 100%. like, oh, you know, oh, no, you know what? Oh, I don't want to fix it. No, he's about that padding. He like stole my whole flow, Joe, didn't he? He, he stole my flow. He literally bro. stole it from Dan in the WhatsApp chat. Bro, he knows, <laughs> Dan's gone full PR for Werner. Yeah. He, he knows. Look, he's like, look, if you want to be a top strike at these, this level, 
to get to above the, the 20 mark and stuff, you need those He's pens. another one that listens to Jesse Hour. He's another one that listens. I love it, exactly bro. what to do. I love but, it. Um, that energy, I love that. Because he, he's... Like, the thing I love about Werner, and I think why he fits in with Chelsea so much, is that he's such a straight talker. Like, he can't help but just be honest and just say what's on his mind. That's why I love him. He's so... Like, it's so refreshing to say, oh, no, you know, we didn't perform well, whatever. We can't be scoring four goals every game to win a game, blah, blah. Like, that, that honesty is so refreshing for me. Just, and he's just such a straight-talking guy. I love that. Just another public service announcement. This is going to be another sickening pod. So, rivals, if you're listening in, <laughs> we're on a run of wins. We're clean sheet FC. So, you know, you click play. We still want you to listen, but I'm just a caveat, just a warning. Now, what I was going to say about um, Werner is it's crazy because we've had Hazard and Hazard used to win us penalties all the time. But mm. this is another level. This yeah. is another yeah, yeah. level. Yeah. How many pens he won? He's won five pens? I think it's no, five or six. Because yeah. Jorginho yeah. scored... Jorginho scored... Yeah, Jorginho scored... Two. Three. No, he scored three. three. He scored three penalties yeah. Yeah. that Werner won. I think Werner's won every one of those. No, one was Tammy. Yeah, one was Tammy, yeah. Yeah, one was Tammy. Oh, mate, I love it. <laughs> but Meads, can you see Can you see where your head's at? You think that any time we get a penalty, Werner won it. That's, that's yeah. exactly, you know what I mean? That's where your yeah. head's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, no, he, the thing is with Werner as well, and something that you, you notice from the, the first game you saw at Brighton, uh, I guess our preseason game, is his work ethic is insane. His work yeah. ethic is absolutely insane. And I feel sometimes it could be to a detriment, but his work ethic is actually incredible. But once you see him in 1v1, you know what time it is. So that goal against Burnley, I knew what time. Once Ziyech slipped him in, I'm like, yeah, go on, sir. Unbelievable finish. Go on, sir. Finish, and that yeah. finish in his stride. Oof, just bottom corner. Perfect. Perfect. You know, I loved about him after the game when uh, loads of people like saying, you know, the red card ruined the game and the second penalty was soft. But it was like, yeah, it was a definite penalty in the end. Yeah, he didn't care at all. Shit he was house. like, yeah, of course, definitely sending off. Yeah, fantastic. I got another penalty. Great. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I love it. So, so the Wrens game, I, I do want to move on. That's a nice little, little segue there, Joe. But um, the Wrens game, what, what are your thoughts on that performance? Because, again, I felt it was okay. I don't think it was a great performance. I think it was like, almost like a a load management game, basically. We yeah. really want to get out of second gear. Um, Rens were getting quite a bit of joy for our midfield. I felt like at some times it felt like a 4-2-3-1 with Mount being advanced of Jorginho and Kante. And I felt that that was like him going into autopilot. I, I, I don't know. Um, Mount wasn't great, but I think he was relatively good. Um, but yeah, I felt that in too many phases of play, it was easy to get through our midfield. And I felt that was quite problematic. Um, but yeah, generally our defence were quite solid. I don't think Mendy had to make a save. He actually had to make one save, which is a very good save. It was probably in the yeah. minute, um, which is, it, I thought it was a goal. I can't lie. When I saw that build, that, that play developing, I thought it was a goal. But I guess we can touch on Mendy now. Um, the man's superb, isn't he? Like, Mandy, yeah. like Joe, Joe, like Mandy, Mendy, <laughs> he's, he's superb, isn't it? Yeah. I think that a lot of people were uh, were maybe looking at him as just a, an option this season, and then like let's go, let's go and properly address the, the goalkeeping situation next summer. I think that's the case now. Mm. I don't think that's the case at all. 
and an interesting thing, like if you if you have the ability to watch the games without the, the fake noise being played over the top of it, he is loud. Yeah. He is commanding. And you know what it is? It's just that the aura that he has. And I say this, you know, about really top goalkeepers, even if they're like Petacek might have had to make one save in a game, like when Chelsea were at their peak and nobody could get at us. But the concentration, the ability to, to still make that save, like, like as you said, the save in the 80th minute, only real thing he, he had to do most of the game. And the other thing as well, which I just want to touch on here, when people were like debating whether we should go and get him, I, I know you've brought this up a lot, Ife, that people were saying that he couldn't pass the football. He is amazing with his feet. <laughs> He's unbelievable. It's like having Andrea Perlo with a gold, big, like, pair of goalkeeper gloves and six foot six. Listen, with him, yeah, I feel like he's very comfortable when it comes to being pressed. And it's crazy to me. I was, a complete, I was expecting a complete madness. When people say yeah. rubbish, I was expecting a complete madness. But then I started watching more clips of him and I thought, well, hold on. No. Because one thing that I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't kind of take in is that when you're a, a player for a team that's not really great, yeah, and you, you, you're often the underdog, you're generally going to get pressed higher. Yeah. Your, team, your team, your team that will be pressed more. Mendy at Chelsea will be pressed far less simply because most teams will tend to set back and drop drop off and not try and press us. So when it comes to him having time to pick out passes, I think he's better than Kepa. Oh, I, I, I think he's better than Kepa by an actual country mile. He might be picking players out on the halfway line. Yeah, he's really important yeah. to people on the halfway line. He, he, he might he might get the odd pass wrong here and there. But generally, his passing is better than Kepa's. Like, substantially. I don't remember... Like, the amount of times I've seen Kepa kick it straight to a player, uh, an opponent, <laughs> is insane. Yeah. So, I, I've not seen Mendy... I know it's a small sample size. It's very, very small. But Mendy's kicking is just far better. Like the, and it's clear his... Just even when he's under pressure and just wants to get rid. No problems. I get no worries. He just... It's, oh, mate. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. You two-footed as well, Joe? Yeah, yeah. man. I saw him against uh, against Burnley. I saw him. He, he drew the pass out of his left foot, and then another time, I, I was actually in shock. He, he actually played the ball around. I think it was Ashley Barnes, like like you were trying to thread for a striker. He yeah, he whipped it around him. I was just like, whoa, what is going on? Yeah, don't That's gas confidence. me though. That's confidence. Do not gas me because do not gas me. Two footed. Where what weakness? Where is his weakness at this? Point? You know what? Okay, we don't know yet. We need to see him be tested. That. Banging like shots that are coming in from all angles. We need to see it, but so far, impenetrable. But because you know what, like you mentioned earlier, it was the the, the Rashford save as well. I'm talking about the one second half. Yeah, this, yeah, this, exactly. But this is another one where it's like people thought it was in, but he clawed it back. He kind of like went back in time, changed it, and then yeah. took it out of the goal. So like this is levels in terms of. We're talking about where you used to a, a, a keeper that makes easy shots. I mean, hard shots look easy, but also those shots that he shouldn't be saving, he gets to. Yeah. Two footed. Yeah. yeah. The, the big, big difference with Mendy from what I've seen is when we have kept it in goal, and something I noticed, if you watch teams set pieces against us now, the depth that players try and put the ball into the six yard box, they don't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah. Because Kepa A never used to come for the ball. Yeah. And he never used to. Was it last season? I can't remember. I saw it last season that he didn't collect a corner or something like yeah, that. Not a single cross. Yeah. He didn't collect a single cross from a corner. And if you well, know no, that no, as a player, no, you are going to take liberties. 
Yeah, from a set piece, yeah. And if you know that as a player, you're going to start taking absolute liberties where you stick the ball. Because, okay, you know, if you've got a really good goalie, you're not going to stick it in a six-yard box because, like Mendy, just come up and catch it. Yeah. But with Kepa, I'm, I'm trying to put it between the six-yard box and the goal line every single time. Yeah. I think that was a large reason why we're so bad at defending set pieces yeah. because the teams knew that they, they could really go for a high-risk ball every single time. It's fair. You know what, quickly? You, you, I remember, I think, who, who was saying it last season? I think it's that we... We talked about our defensive setup, right, from set pieces. Yeah. We talked about it, we complained about it, we were saying, what is going on? But after a while, we started to realise that, hold on, Kepa doesn't actually come. Like, <laughs> he doesn't actually come out. He's impotent. He doesn't actually come out. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Like, the, the resistance to set, because then it got to a point where, okay, he, everyone knows he doesn't come out now. And he's probably been talked to by Lampard and the goalkeeping coach. Like, look, you need to come out and claim the ball. Then he started trying to come out and flapping at everything. It was just an <laughs> utter, utter mess. But, but utter also, mess. also, when Joe says take liberties, it wasn't just from set pieces from that shots. people were taking oh, liberties. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable that people yeah. were confident. I saw, do you know when players stop covering their mouth with their hands and talking to each other? Mm. Every single time, I've got paranoid thinking they're going to say that they're shooting from the halfway line. Mm. I know they're shooting. Because the, the Crystal Palace game last season, when Zaha shot that from like, it was mad far away. And I'm like, yeah. that was almost the, the final yeah. straw because I think before the game, people were saying they're going to shoot from long. And they did it and they scored. And just to have Mendy here, so many different facets, whether it's set pieces, whether it's basically discourages people. Mm. Like even that's, that's the big thing, yeah. Yeah. If so even at the chance, I'll talk about Rashford, the Man United game the chance when Rashford got put through one-on-one, because he was so big and he made himself so big, like, I could see Rashford thinking, where, where, where can I put this? Yeah. Because he made himself so big. Um, so, yeah. Same, like, same as the Barnes chance early on in that Burnley game as well. Mendy absolutely flew out. Mate. I'm not being funny, but, like, he literally flew out, like, full Peter Schmeichel. But this is what I'm saying. I, I remember, I, I need to remember the, the Twitter account. There's a guy who's really good at doing goalkeeper analysis. Yes, I know. Said, you know the guy I'm talking about? His, yeah, yeah. his thing with Kepa was that he charges out and then stops halfway, which mm. basically leaves the entire goal open. Messi was like, bang, straight out there. See, this, this is what I've been saying. So even with my analysis of Kepa, I literally said Kepa is a terrible goalkeeper because he doesn't actually know when to come and when to stay. He often gets it wrong both ways. So yeah. when he's supposed to come, he stays. When he's supposed to go, uh, when, uh, sorry, when, when he's supposed to go out, he stays. When he's supposed to stay, he goes out. And makes it absolutely piss easy for his opponents to score. That's yeah. why he didn't save a single 1v1 last season. That, goal, that goalkeeper account, that, need, that needs more followers because uh, Kepa got away with it for too long because most of us aren't goalkeeper like like analytics. We don't do analytics on goalkeepers So because he got away with it for so long. And I know that it's difficult because we were conceding so many goals from set pieces. Like, can we blame it all on Kepa? But it does see now Mendy's here. Yo, it was all you. And I saw him. I saw like I saw him on in the Champions League game, and he was watching Mendy. And if I was him, I'd be disgraced. I feel so ashamed because, like, what we see Mendy doing, it's like night and day. It's like one seventy-two million. Don't forget. Yeah. And we, we all saw the video of... Today's episode is brought to you by Clorox. When it counts, trust Clorox the same way we trust essential workers to provide the care they give to us 
families trust Clorox to give them a safe and protected home. Our community heroes trust Clorox to keep places like hospitals and grocery stores disinfected. So I know I too can trust Clorox to provide my home with a safe environment at home we can all enjoy. So I have a story for you, Amanda. Um, With Clorox, there's one thing I definitely use it for every single time before I step into my vanity van. Uh, I love the entire place disinfected because that's where I keep my makeup. Uh, That's where I get ready. That's where my clothes are. That's sometimes where I take a nap as well. So, you know, I can use it all over like time of need. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really, it just keeps everything super clean and I, I feel super safe. For me, it's important to share with loved ones and the public in general how they can give the most care for their loved ones, especially during times like these. I mean, with the pandemic going on, with COVID going on, it's just great to be extra sanitary with all the items that are around you, caring for others, and you know, just wiping down the door handle after you use the bathroom or wiping down so the So important. The toilet. So important. The toilet handle. Don't forget the toilet handle. (laughs) So remember, when when it counts, trust Clorox. Check. After the game, saying that he he was scouting 30 to 40 goalkeepers. I I think it was before the game, that was. Was that before the game? Whenever it was. But anyway, like, what it means is that hopefully Kepa's in the mud, hopefully goes on loan. Um, Clean sheet FC, let's go. Yeah, the, the thing is with it, like, Mendy's fundamentals are all solid, like yeah. all solid. And again, just to go back to what Joe said about that Barnes chance um, against Burnley. First couple of minutes, he could be cold dead, like. Mm. But he rushed out and made himself absolutely massive to the point where Barnes panicked and ballooned it over the yeah. bar. Like yeah. that, it, you don't have to touch the ball as a goalkeeper to do your job. Mm. He applied enough pressure to make him miss. That is what you should do. Even defenders. Defenders but, actually have to make a tackle to but, stop a player from actually shooting or scoring. That, to be fair to Kepa, he can't be intimidating. That's just not... Kepa well, can't no, be well, well, you can. If you're an aggressive pe- pe- keeper, if you could be aggressive and show aggressivity in your, in your game, never gonna be, then yeah. But that's never the, gonna be the reason why you're saying that now is because Kepa has shown you what he is. Kepa like, looks like a 17-year-old. Doesn't matter. But what does um, flipping uh, Edison look like? Edison looks Edison, like a Edison's tall enough. I'm saying he's got tattoos on him. At least, at least he made himself a little bit intimidated. Do you know he's what I mean? Nah, mate. He, nah, he, he looks so soft. All those tattoos don't I love it. Listen, me will never, ever let anyone say anything nah, slightly pleasant. It doesn't matter how Kepa looks. It, it doesn't. I think... No, no what I, was, I wasn't talking about looks. I'm just saying that. When you're that tall and when you can make yourself that big, again, like, that's the deterrent in itself. And I'm yeah. saying... Yeah. Just, yeah, I'm just saying Kepa's physically... Um, and that's why you shouldn't really be buying short goalkeepers, and I'm not here for it anymore. Um, yeah, again, he can't. He can't do anything. For me, for me, it's just it, it, I, even the height thing. Nah, again, because I look at someone like Casillas, he was a short goalkeeper, but he was super aggressive. Again, I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like for me, Kepa's just such a bad goalkeeper that we're gonna find any rationale to try and understand why he's so bad. But generally, he's just bad. There's some things that are just actual facts. And that's one of them. He's just not a good goalkeeper. And 
generally just the stark difference in certain situations is so clear. For example, I know for sure against Rashford that one v one first half. That's one. I know that's one nil. I know that's one nil. I know for sure the goal against. Um, I mean the the save that uh, Mendy made in the second half against Rashford. That's two nil. That's two nil. I know for certain the chance against um, Ashley Barnes. Kepa's staying on his line and making that one nil. I know for certain against Rennes that shot when we're winning four nil, trying to preserve a clean sheet. That's going in. And everyone's going to say, in all of those instances, they'll say, oh, oh, the, the defence is poor. Oh, Zuma made a terrible mistake. What do you expect him to do? Okay. Everyone will say, oh, well, they played good. That was a good play. Kep couldn't do much about that. It was, a, it was a great shot. Those are the kind of things that you'd hear, the language that you'd hear. But there's a complete, complete, a goalkeeper's job is to make saves. A goalkeeper's job is to make things difficult for their opponents to score. You've got to be able to bow your team out. You know what I mean? Like, goalies bow the team out when they need to. Like, not every single time you're not going to save everyone one, but make the big ones count. Yeah, your defense is never going to be 100% perfect. But with Kepa, it seemed like everything had to be 100% perfect for him to make a save. That's insane. That's insane. Your mistake gets punished. Yeah, what's that? Everyone said, oh, well, but the defense made the error there. And what do you expect Kepa to do? Uh, I expect him to make a save or try to. There's times where you just think he he doesn't even dive. So, yeah, Mendy, absolutely superb. Every yeah. time I watch him, I'm super impressed and super happy and blessed that we've got him because not only is he uh, seemingly a, a great goalkeeper, but he also seems like a great man. I feel like everyone yes. at the club has spoken about him so highly. Czech spoke about him so highly. And obviously, if you look at what happened after the game against Rennes, everyone, and he only was there for a year, but right? every one of their players came around him and it just felt so happy for him. And it just seemed yeah. like it, it, it showed me that this guy is a loved guy. That he's just a, a guy that is a top man and everyone respects him because they respect his journey, respect his story. And obviously everyone knows about his, his journey, about being out of the game for a year because of his agent. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's an incredible story. And obviously long may it continue. We hope all the best for him. But it's just, it's been a, a superb signing. Uh, absolutely superb sign. I'm, I'm, I'm a million percent happy with that. And I would say maybe top three signings. In fact, no, for sure, top three signings. In my opinion, I'd probably say ZH number one, Mendy number two, Thiago Silva number three. Despite Joe, what's your top three? Joe, what's your top three? Oh, uh, Mendy. Yeah. Probably number one, just because I think he's just had the biggest transformation on the club. Thiago Silva, number two, both because he's a three, the contrast are massive, and that's the effect that he's having on all the players around him. Yeah. And I probably would go, I'll go with Havertz because I've got a midfield bias, but I just, I just think Havertz is, he's just a Rolls Royce and I love him. But to yeah. be honest, him and him and ZH would be 3A and 3B. Yeah. And, and I mean, Werner's, Werner's a very close four. And then Chill has been, Chill has exceeded It's hard, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And he's just tagging. I just give him space and he's tagging. They've all been amazing, by the way. Recruitment, that's one thing Lampard said. We need to get it right. I remember the interview with Rio Ferdinand. He said, listen, we need to be, we need to improve. Yeah, I need to like coach improvements, but recruitment's a massive thing in why Man City kind of improved and Liverpool kind of improved. We want to match them. They set out, they got it right. In terms of like Mandy, like, Check said himself and L- L- Lolicon or how you ever you say Lolly Sean. Lolly Sean, yeah. 
um, they said that they were amazed by him before. So like, like Joe was saying, when people thought that he was going to be a stopgap, but now it's like, all right, cool. Is it too early to start saying best goalkeeper league? Do we sneak really? that in there? Calm down, it's too early. Calm I don't down, know. Kurt. Calm down, Kurt. Ease okay, up. Okay, yeah. okay. All right, cool. Yeah. We'll we, um, we that next season. Don't worry. But, but I agree. Like we're coming for certain man's next. Certain man right uh, back. We're coming for them. Don't worry. It's, it's not even like we're, we're blessed with goalkeepers like that in the Premier League at this point. So, so it's not blasphemy. But what Joe said in terms of the transformation, I think he's had the biggest transformation on position, yeah. 100%. Six clean sheets. And the fact is, he hasn't played every single game this season and it's, and it's shown. Can I, can I ask? Can I ask? Yeah? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to be devil's advocate here. I love Mendy. But we talk about transformative, but is that because of how bad our former goalkeeper was or how good Mendy actually is? That's that's when you add both of those factors together. Massive. That's why I'm saying. So, like, even if we had the average goalkeeper and Mendy was to come, that would be sick. But when you take into account how bad, how was. bad Kepper is, and I'm not, I don't really like to do this. I don't really like. I'm not really a digger out of players. But then stats are stats, and facts are facts, and the eye test is the eye test. So <laughs> we can say it. Do you know what I'm saying? That's not even me being rude. Yeah. Kepper even knows. Everybody knows. He's the worst goalie in like, Premier League history, isn't he? So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not, there, I mean, it's there, not there's a nothing, harsh thing to say. There's I nothing, mean, there's nothing. the cats out the bag. People were shooting from the halfway line because you were in goal. So, I know you're not listening, but just in case, the cats out the bag. So, Kepier, that bad. And Mendy, seemingly, and so far anyway, let's forget about projections of the future, but in terms of performances, have been amazing. So, I think he's definitely been the biggest transformative. And I think at this point, we can say that the games that he hasn't played this season, we've, we've suffered because he hasn't been commanded. And that's, that's like, we're talking about Kepa as well, but even kind of like Caballero, mm. like he's, he's, he's a massive upgrade. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal Joe's choice, first choice, and say Mendy. Um, and then also, your second choice was who? I'll do my second choice. I'm not even, I'm, I, I can't remember who your second choice was, was. But I definitely think, oh yeah, you said Thiago Silva. Silva yeah. Yeah. Again, I think... Because it's not, not just about you, but influencing everybody else. And I think Thiago Silva, in my estimation, has creeped up this season. I forget about the, the early mistake, but like, he hasn't put a foot wrong since. And I think, yeah, and, and he's been classy. And the thing is, when you make things simplistic back there, it helps everyone. Because in defence, everything has to be simplistic. But then when you add on top, passes like the I was pass gonna say made, that. Yeah. I was going to pause you. Let me pause you. Because I remember... Don't pause me, man. No, 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 I have to. I remember the discussion. I remember the discussion about passing, right? And no, I said playmaking. Like, I didn't say passing. Hey, 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 let me learn. Let me just... Okay. 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 No. Can I remember this quite well? I'm going to have it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I remember quite well. Yeah. And you were like, I'm not entirely sure if he could do what David Luiz did. And that's true. Not many people can do what David Luiz did. But... Has his passing and playmaking surprised you? Not really, because I don't think he was a bad passer again. I said passing is cool, it's playmaking. Okay. And I think the difference is, I think, I, don't, I still don't see him as a playmaker. I think Luis is a playmaker at the, at the back. Right. But again, if you're a playmaker at the back, you're taking a lot more risks. I think with Thiago Silva, what I like about him, which is, you can't say this about David Luiz, is he is solid. Now, I was worried with the first mistake. Now, obviously, like, Age, 
No, what I'm just saying is, I don't know what you're laughing, but what I'm saying, the first mistake you made, <laughs> I was worried. No, I know. I remember the day. That's why I'm laughing. I was worried because I'm thinking, I, I just wanted someone that was another level to the rest of my defenders that wouldn't yeah. make that part. I didn't want another member of Individuals Errors FC. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I was thinking, Rob, why did you sign for Individual Errors FC? I thought maybe you could. And, and since then, he's put that to bed. Everything is solid. Everything is calm. Rolls Royce. Bro. <laughs> and listen, wait, before you say it, is it too early to say best defender of the league? Is it too, oh, is it too early? Right, listen, listen, I'm, for me, no, nah, for me, I'm sorry, yeah, but a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, they're trying to say Kim Pembe is a better defender, Marquinhos is a better defender. I'm like, a lot of people are not playing too well this season. They're not playing too well this season. I'm like, okay, have you, have you been watching them? Do you, in fact, have you watched them with Thiago Silva? Because Thiago Silva, Night and day, he definitely was their best defender. Absolutely was their best defender. So I just look at him and I think there are certain qualities that you just really can't teach. I, I think that that ability to, to read play and anticipate danger is something yeah. you can't really teach. And just to yeah. cast my mind back to the block he made on Edison Cavani, it's, it's so mm. crystal clear in my mind because I know for certain, again, a player like Rudiger doesn't make that. He doesn't. He doesn't anticipate that danger. It's not, and that's not a slight on Rudiger because I think that that's such a difficult quality to teach and a difficult quality to to acquire. But Thiago Silva sniffs out the danger and he doesn't panic in those moments, even if he's not entirely going to get there. But he will try and put enough exerted pressure on a player mm-hmm. to kind of put them off. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Enough. He like, he's got that much quality that like, he can throw people off. He's such a great defender. And again, it's one of those qualities that we've not had since John Terry left. That that's how yeah. good I think he is. I think he's put us back to a position where defensively, it's back to when John Terry was playing and he's commanding and leading. And it's not just him that's leading. It's not mainly behind him. And it's just man. I can't. I don't want to wax lyrical that too much, man. I don't want to wax lyrical too much. It's incredible. Had a moment. He was like, "It's just it's incredible, man. It's incredible, dog. It's incredible, dog. I've suffered, man. I suffered. We suffered. We, we suffered have. on this. We have suffered, and I'm so glad. So glad that they took the decision to to get a, a an elderly statesman to shore up our defence because there's so much that they, he could teach our players. The, maybe not the, the complete perfect positioning, but just in terms of just how you conduct yourself, confidence in your ability. It should, it, yeah, for me, and you could, you could see immediately a Zuma improvement. I think, yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, Joe, but I think um, there is a lot to kind of compliment when it comes to Thiago Silva, but mentality-wise, um, I heard it when he came in, he was like, I've come here to win. I haven't come here to all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I know Werner's kind of got a little bit of that too, but just I can see the standards that he sets himself are so high. And, and, and we talk about John Terry in terms of being aggressive and coming out and winning the ball. Yeah. Like those type of situations, that can turn into a goal if he doesn't do it. It yeah. seems so innocuous, but just the demands he put in, puts on himself and the rest of the people around him, it's elite and that's what I'm saying. So yeah. like, when you're thinking about elite athletes, the, the reason why Cristiano Ronaldo can still play at this age, the reason why Zlatan, his mentality that like, we haven't had that since John Terry and 
it's until Thiago Silva came back, and I'm thinking, what are we missing in defence? Like, it's easy to say someone that's good at header it in, but the mentality yeah. is, is what, what... So I don't know about what your thoughts on it, Joe, but yeah, that's for me. Like. No, I mean, I think that that's... There's, there's two things that I think have, have surprised me about him. I think the first one has been that for a guy that I've, I've often perceived as being this sort of very kind of classy, like continental-style centre-back, he loves getting in the mix of it. He's yeah. fantastic in the air. He's, he's challenging his physicality. Like you're talking about a 36-year-old coming to the Premier League and looking as comfortable as like a peak 28, 28-year-old centre-half. Yeah. His physicality is amazing. But the, the point you made there about his, his mentality, I think for, we, we've not really had those characters since the Drogba's, since the Lampard's, since, yeah. since the Terry's, yeah. you know, having that, that kind of just elite level of leadership. And yeah. you know, from all of the, sort of the stuff you hear around the training ground is that the standards in training have gone up now since he's come in, since Werner's come in, since Havertz has come in. Like, these players have not just come here to, to take part, they've come here to, to win trophies. Yeah. And I think when you've been like Brazil's captain, you know, it's one of the most demanding nations, football nations on the planet. Yeah. You know, if you, if you win a game, win a game 3-0, but you haven't, like, you know, played 7,000 passes and... Was your dog born to dash and dance? This holiday season, find out where all that energy comes from with an Embark Dog DNA Kit. Discover your dog's unique breed mix by screening for 350 breeds and 190 genetic health conditions. Developed by veterinarians, give your dog the best care with the highest rated dog DNA test. Order now for the best deal of the year. Save $64 on a breed and health kit with promo code DNA at EmbarkVet.com. That's promo code DNA at EmbarkVet.com scored you know like three one goals you're still getting flack that the level of pressure that he's he's played under probably his entire career you know i think that it's, it's so apparent that this team now when he's there there's a sense there's like a sort of serenity in the back four the, the midfield in front of him looks secure you know it, it, it's just i think all kind of flows from him. and i keep going back to the, the marcel desai comparison when he came to chelsea it is yeah. such an apt comparison with desai came the influence yeah. he had on terry you can see the parallels of zima the influence he had on, on young fullbacks at the time I just see that I see the same thing. I see a guy who is an elite winner and just the way that he's conducted himself and the way that his his kind of personality and his kind of just persona just oozes charisma, just just forces through the team. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's been absolutely superb. And you can see as well, there was a moment in the Ren game, second half, I think about 85th minute, he had to chase someone down into the corner and basically give away a corner. Instantly mm-hmm. he turned around, I think someone gave the ball away in midfield and was just like saying, Look, 85th minute stands us like literally stands us still will be up here. There's no, like, stubby passes. And, and it's that, those little things yeah. that keep the team honest. Yeah. It's hard not to wax lyrical about the guy. It's very, it's very difficult not to. I think we could probably do a whole podcast about how good Thiago Silva is and how good and how much he, he adds to us. Um, yeah. Again, we, still, we, we, talk, we talk about the elites. And like you said, elite mentality. Um, he's 36, I believe. And yeah. there's still no real signs of a slowdown. And, you know, he's not a, a one that you, I'd say you really rely on pace. But that ability to read the game. And as yeah. long as mentally you're sharp, I think that you can still add something to the team. And he, yeah, he, he's, he's superb. He's absolutely superb. And that spine, I remember we were talking about last season a lot about our lack of spine. And our yep. spine, the spine of our team is horrible. But when you've got a spine now of Eduard Mendy, Thiago uh-huh. Silva, Engolo Kante, uh-huh. And then you've got a team of Werner. Already, that spine is just you know? that's already there. That that that, that is a, it's a solid. It's solid the, enough, you know. The chiropractor's been at work. Do you, you know, know what I mean? It's solid enough. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
it's solid enough. Then you add the Hakim Ziyech's, then you add oh, the Havertz's, yeah. and then you add the Pulisic. You see, it builds. You would, listen, and even listen. even even don't get it twisted. Even a Mason Mount could even even yeah, even a Reese James. When I now, oh this, my god, this podcast, this sir, podcast. Wait, rivals, sir. rivals, turn off. It's too late. Sir. Turn off now. This podcast <laughs> is going to be called Wax Lyrical. This Look. podcast is going to be called Wax Lyrical. We've already done Mendy, at Thiago Silva. Let's work our way up. Who's well, I've been waiting for this. Who's Reece, next? Reese Blood Clark James, yeah? Okay. Listen, I don't care. This shoot is a better... Uh, no, there, he is a better right back than Trent. And I will, I will not accept otherwise from anyone. Because nice. a man can't defend that excellently and cross that superbly and not be better. Because look at what he does. I'm sorry, that cross for Tammy Abraham. Oh, Which one? Which one? Bro? Yeah, oh, there, was yeah. two. there was two, yeah. But the one where he scored, oh my goodness. Perfect. Perfect. To the point where all Tammy had to do was stick out his leg. He didn't even have to exert force. Which is a classy finish from Tammy Abraham. But that goal is all Reese James. All Reese James. His ability to pick out a man and cross it into the most dangerous areas for you to attack is incredible. I remember there was another, there was another cross for Timo Werner where the defender just got a toe on it, just yeah. away from him. That cross, again, magic. Magic. And we need to start talking about the level of aggression that he's now playing with. Yes. It's something yeah. that I've never seen. Like, last season, we used to talk about Reece James and say, amazing talent, technically amazing. You know, he's, he's got all the abilities to play. But one thing that we noticed about Reece James last season quite early on is how sloppy, I guess, and sluggish he could be. Um, and I think middle of the season, I think after he came back from his second injury on, on his ankle, he was very, very sluggish, very sloppy. You know, he had an imperious performance against Wilfred Zaha against Crystal Palace last season. And then we thought he'd kick on and then he got injured again. And he came back and he just looked a shadow of himself. He was just very, very lethargic and just kept Can making mistake. So to see him perform the way he's performing, Dan, ah, oh, mate, continue. So, can I give my two pence on that? I think last season, if we remember, crossing Shalad Chelsea, right? There's been many Chelsea. There's been many a Chelsea, right? So across Inshallah Chelsea, don't forget, Reese James was one of the biggest proponents of that. Not in a negative way, but the team, at that point, our kind of pattern of play was get to Reese James to cross it. So I feel like one of the reasons why I was worried about Reese James is because he was so high, he had to recover so often. Um, but that's, that's not necessarily his fault. It's just that we only had one kind of pattern on play, which means that Reese James had to kind of stay high to cross the ball in. So, like, he, he couldn't really be a right-back as much, I think, anyway, where he had to be, okay, I, the team's depending on me to get the ball in the box. But I feel like now we've got better attackers, that, like, he has the option to go in and to make yeah. runs. He doesn't have to be there. And I think that's helped him. That's fair. Apart, uh, yeah, apart from that, I feel like, He's worked on his build to kind of get slimmer, but he's still naturally a very strong person. But again, I do think last season we liked his mentality. Like we could already see he's got a strong mentality, but I feel like he, I think he's alluded to studying Aspi and again, Aspi's mentality is it. But then when you surround him with a Thiago Silva and all of that type of stuff, this is the company that I want him growing up around. And like when I'm, set, when I'm talking about Thiago Silva and his elite mentality, I'm seeing Reese James chase everything now yeah. i'm seeing him not yeah i'm seeing him not say okay this like 
maybe oh, I can't be bothered. He's going for everything. Bro, one tackle he made in the second half where the ball broke in midfield and it was there was a real, real big space. And I thought, oh, if he goes to this, he, he needs to get and he come and he checked at the right time and just took the ball off the guy cleanly in like 10 metres space. Bro. And then the other thing which made me laugh, I don't know if it was first or second half, but he absolutely bodied someone. <laughs> I remember. It was like, boom. Yeah. I was like, it was, wow, it was, okay. It was in the second half where an attack broke down, and then he, I think he, I think he skipped past Ziyech just about. And then he actually got past James initially. And then James just ran him down. Boom. Yeah. Got the ball off him. I was like, oh, that's my reason. But I know, I know, I know you like that. But that's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent a bit of Joe. Like I know yeah. Joe likes Everyone football. But Joe wants MP. football to be NFL. He wants to be NFL. If you can bully people and then still get the cross in, like that—that that for me is the perfect player. Like the ability to shoulder check someone into like the first row and then still whip the cross in, like that for me. That's why Reece James is my favorite. Oh man, <laughs> that's PMP. And you know what's crazy? I remember. <clears throat> Remember remember the beginning of last season where we asked each other who's the out of the academy lot, who's the most ready for Prem Ball out of the lot? Everyone said Reese James. Yeah. Because this physically he's a specimen. But what he's done with his entire game this season, the the evolution of him has been incredible. And I guess it's just one of those things we're just gonna have to continue to watch. But I'm saying it right now, the fifth of November. Reese James is better than Trent, and any money, and even by World Cup, in terms of fact, Euro times, yeah, mark this down. He's going to be England's starting right back. I'm saying remember, it now. I'm remember, saying it now. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Don't worry. We can book this day, and then when it comes back, we'll pull it back. Any money, Trent will be moved into midfield or whatever. But yeah, Reese James starting right back. And so the point, England, the England squad's been announced again today and the boy's gone on international duty Reese James have been named even though he's going to be suspended for two of the three games um, when he was asked when Gareth Southgate was asked about Reese James considering he's suspended and considering that they've already called up seven other fullbacks um, they said well, <laughs> well Reese James I think he's probably when he played our, our best player and uh, you know he deserves to be called up despite the fact he can't be used for two games he deserves to be called up and uh yeah, he's going to be a big player for us going forward. I'm just like, okay, we know the vibes. I know yeah. the vibes, Gareth. I, I don't know about you, but that takes the libbies. Yes. We know how many right-backs. Everyone talks about how many right-back options, and we're blessed with right-backs. You can play in 11 right-backs, and it's a decent team. It's actually that, that bad at the moment. Exactly. Yep. And we're stopped at right-backs, and Reese James cannot play, but he gets pulled <laughs> up anyway. Yeah. You know, I don't, if you're one of those right backs, you're thinking this is <laughs> this is taking the piss. Yeah. However, in Southgate's defence, you need someone from Clean Sheet FC to kind of raise the levels in training. And so, yeah. yeah, you can't have a man that got slapped for seven as your right. Like, and you know, you're at fault for a lot of the goals. You can't have him as your starting. Right. You, you need one of the fullbacks to show the other guys how to defend one on one, how to make yeah. a tackle. You know, like just, yeah. just someone no. to do a little bit of tutoring. Yeah, Southgate said, yo, listen, Reese James, I mean, Trent, come, come over. Just just sit down here. Watch him. Just, just watch, watch him. <laughs> remember, remember when David Moyes said to Rio Ferdinand, you have to be a little bit more like, what's his name? Jagielka. Yeah. That's the reason why I've got Reese James in the squad. 
to help Trent. Yeah, I'm telling you that I, I think Reese James is definitely going to be the England starting right back because he's just, he's just that good. Just def- on the defensive phase and the offensive phase, I think he because England are so stacked with attacking talent as well. You're not going to really need a, a Trent too much, like you know what I mean. You don't really you need. Need to be able to defend. Uh, but you're going to need at the international level. You're going to need someone that can actually defend. You know. Yeah. What I mean? yeah. And do you know what? If he makes the mistake and plays Trent in a big game against a big team and they get ripped, that's the end of Trent. Yeah. So just don't don't ruin his career. Do the well, right well, well, what's funny? We're, we're going to see Trent probably um, in the, the two games. I think Belgium play against England play against Belgium in one of those games as well. So we're going to see. We're going to see. And um, yeah, we'll, see, we'll just see how it goes. But Reese James, regardless of what happens on, on Trent's side, on the, on the Mersey side, um, these games have been superb this season and long may it continue. It's been a fantastic start okay. to the season for him. But um, yeah, I, th- I think we, we, we could stop there. And uh, obviously, we play Sheffield United this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, Ethan Ampadu, who has had a great start to the season, um, is unable to play against his parent club. Um, but I'm hoping for another victory and another clean sheet. I want to get you guys' predictions, um, considering we don't have Kai Havertz and there might be some rotation. What do you think the score will be? And what do you think the lineup will be? Because Lampard, I think he's kept it fairly consistent this time around. But um, what do you think, Joe? What do you think the score line will be? And how would you start the game? One really, really quick thing just to finish up on Reese. I think one of the most impressive things is the work he's doing with that Felix project in London. Oh, and the yeah. thing is, like, we can talk about him being a top footballer and stuff like that. But I think he is, like, if you're talking about an academy player that you want to be representing your club, the, all the stuff that he's doing off the field recently as well, yeah. taking sort of the lead from what Marcus Rashford was in doing, yeah. definitely deserves a shout out. That's been absolutely incredible. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Reese James and fantastic um, philanthropy because he, he, again, taken a leaf out of Marcus Rashford. Yeah. And just following by example and, and loud leading as well, which is yeah. a great thing to see. It's a great thing to see. But yeah, shout out to Reese James. Big time. I'm hoping that we don't go to Sheffield United and match up formations because I'd like to just see how we can actually because I think we're getting to the point now where we can start to look to impose our game on people mm. and even if Abbott isn't playing I'd like to just see us go 4-3 and just try and just try and beat them just try and outplay them I don't think Lampard is going to go back to the three at the back because I think we've had so much like success even the Ren game alright it wasn't the greatest performance but the result and the, the level of control was was pretty decent for us. So if you stick to the four three three, I think it's potentially two 0 Chelsea is what I'm gonna go for. I will hear that. Dan, predictions from you there. Well you know it's gotta be another clean sheet, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm too may, I don't know, maybe I'm too quick. I don't want to jinx it. But how can I not say a clean sheet? And you know, you know what Dan? Yeah. Fair to you, you're very impartial, bro. And mm-hmm. when it comes to predicting score lines, you're very fair. I don't think you go overboard <laughs> any time. Yeah. The yeah. fact that you're so confident is weird to me. You know, I've not heard this from you for years. This is, years. I know, but this is what I'm saying. Six, seven wins, clean sheets, attack, scoring. Do you know what I'm saying? Don't if you hear it in my tongue. I've yeah. never heard. I'm too that. excited. I've never heard. Exactly. We've got a goalie who's he's, he's calling the name for the I'm, first time I'm, in like three years. I've known Dan a long, long time. <laughs> I've never ever like. I probably jump. Okay, Joe's age return. This is that's the confidence I'm hearing again. Joe's um, well, this is what we so we need to continue it. Especially, listen, we're going into international break too. Yeah, need to win. We yeah, yeah we need, like let's not do it before that. Let's not undo the good work. All yeah. right, let's bank on it. And I think 
because we're doing that, I think Lampard will try and put out as as close to our the team that's been starting mm. um, as possible. Mm. Werner and Tammy, when they play together, we seem to score goals. Yep. We seem to score goals. I went. I want both of them starting again. Okay. Um, why Ziyech? Do you know what I'm saying? So I want as close to that team that we just played starting. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna go. Listen, this is not me being cocky because I know you kind of ruined. You're saying that it's cocky, <laughs> but actually, this is my analysis. My analysis is we're not conceding goals, and when Werner and Tammy are playing, we're scoring minimum three. So my conservative analysis for the game is three nil. <laughs> yeah, That's a like conservative. Oh, mate. What um, is happening here? Um, but that's the thing. It's hard to disagree with either of you because um, Sheffield United aren't actually in the greatest run of form. In spite of the fact that Ethan having a good, a good season, they're, they're struggling quite a bit. They're failing yeah. four goals. Um, they're not keeping clean sheets. So, last, yeah, last season, quickly, last season, it used to be we were the team. If you were in bad form, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Come to Chelsea, they'll turn your form around. Yeah. So hopefully this is not so, a yeah. this is not a you know gonna be yeah. one of those ones. And then and then last season we, we did go on a little bit of a run. I think we had seven games where we was on winning a winning yeah. streak. Yeah. And then and then we we lost. I think it was an international break that broke it up. Yeah. And then it kind of so what we need to do is fight f- to keep this form. We yeah. need to that's why this game is so important. And Sheffield United, they aren't a joke. In terms of pressing, in fact, the times we've played Sheffield United since Lampard's been here, they beat us. They're better than us. Yeah, they've been better than us. They're and they've, us. like, not just that, they've always been what we're talking about in terms of Thiago being aggressive, making sure that you win duels. Mm. They've always, like, been the 50 50s, they keep on winning. They usually pay two strikes up front, and that's been an issue for us. And so it's going to be, I'm, like, I said 3 0, this is going to be a test. It's going to be a tough test because um, Wilder's a good manager. Um, so, but yeah, we like, listen, we can't, let's not rest. I want that clean sheet. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we're yeah. becoming addicted to clean sheets. Give me that clean sheet. Getting addicted to clean sheets. I'm spoiled now. I'm spoiled. I need a clean sheet. I can't, I'd, I'd, I can't lie. I'd, I'd quite happily settle for a 2 0. Um, Timo Werner, Tammy goals. Um, hacking to assist. No, 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 pen, look on. Okay. Come, you know, get a little cheeky open goal, open play. You know, you know we'll save the pens for later. <laughs> um, we'll get a, you know double assist from um, Ziyech. You know, taking up the creative mantle because um, Havertz is off. And uh, in fact, no, I want the shared assist. We'll give an assist to Reese James, and an assist to Ziyech. And we keep it sliding. Two 0 clean sheet from Andy, clean sheet for the boys. Back five, and yeah, we just keep on pressing and we go into the. I think it's Russia breakers this week, isn't it? Yeah, this is the last game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that, yeah. We're get, going to the international break in good form um, and hopefully come back. And we, uh, I don't remember who our next game is. I want to say Newcastle, I think. Um, but yeah, after the international break, um, we come back and continue the form, man. And hopefully we'll be closer to, to Liverpool and Leicester um, than we are now. But yeah, I think that, that that's it for us this week, boys. Um, really appreciate you guys joining and Tibson as well. We had to jump jump off a little bit earlier on. Um, but yeah, make sure to to like, subscribe, leave a comment, etc. And um, we'll be back next week. And we'll also be doing um, again some debriefs after the Sheffield United game. So look out for that. Thank you to all our patrons that are supporting us and backing us. Without you, again, we wouldn't really be here. So really and, and quick. 
and quickly our Discord community is popping. Go in there. It's always active. It feels like 24-7. Yeah. Shout out to Babs, Sam the Hockage, yeah. or Hokage. Hockage, Hockage, bro. Hockage. Okay, cool. Buzzy, all of them guys. So, yeah, join it because obviously they're having great conversations. And, yeah, share with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. Join the Discord. That's one thing that if you, if you follow Chesi Hour on Twitter, absolutely join the Discord because it's hilarious. You get to join and listen to us on our lives. You could join in on the lives as well if you want to. And just... just it's honestly hilarious. So yeah, join the Discord, and uh, we'll, again, we'll post a link below. But yeah, really appreciate you guys, and yeah, peace. Thanks, boys. Nice one. Nice. Cheers, guys. Take care. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.